You put your policy in, you put your policy out, you put your policy in, and you shake it all about. Do the, do the hokey pokey, and you turn yourself around. That's, That's what, what it's all about. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's kind of what our episode's about today. The policy hokey pokey, as they say. And we tried to record this a little earlier. We had some technical difficulties. It's clear to David and I that Satan himself, the, 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 the entity who was once known as the son of the morning, the light bringer, the light bringer. He wants to disrupt our program, so he's causing all sorts of technical issues. But when you think about it, it doesn't make sense because we're not pro-LDS in this program. So I guess it would be God that's trying to There's something I I need to share with you. He's pissed off. I didn't pay my dues last month. I think that's what it is. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, so you I, got a little retribution coming. That, right. That's what's yeah, I'm going to wear two pairs of pants to bed tonight. <laughs> um. Okay. Second, you say terms like pants and bed in the same sentence. I'm, I'm starting to tune out. I, I just throw that brick wall up. I. It's the mental image block that I. I well, need to, I'm glad you have that tool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a tool. That's for sure. Um, so, Hey guys, uh, what the hell are we talking about? Well, it just so happens LDS in the news that that little snippet of our podcast episode is the same as the actual topic today, that being the church's reversal, if you will, on the LGBTQ plus whatever letters go on to the end of that these days, it doesn't the plus the plus indicates everything else, right? Like, yeah, I think that's why people put the plus on the end now. Right. Open-ended. Open-ended. It's like, yeah. you know, just everyone that's not just heterosexual. Right. That I makes guess. sense. Yeah. Okay. So for our listeners will be aware of a policy that came out back in November of 2015 where the church described or, or well, how do you phrase this? It came to the knowledge of the public that the church had added a policy to the manual. That That's what happened, because it, yes. this wasn't an announcement per se. Uh, it was leaked or whatever you want to mm-hmm. phrase you want to use there. Mm-hmm. The public became aware of it, obviously, including the members at that point. And it was a pretty big deal. Um, and before we dive much more into the details of that, uh, recently here, the policy, much of the core, I guess, I don't say much of the core, the, the gravity of how the church terms the parents and the children in, in these homes lessened. And we'll talk a little bit about that, but everybody and their dog is doing a podcast episode. There's newspaper articles, one or two of which I might refer to today there's YouTube channels. I mean, all of our favorites, right? From our dear, dear friends who don't know us in podcasts like Infants on Thrones, all the way to YouTube stuff from Thinker of Thoughts and mm-hmm. uh, uh, 
John DeLynn over Mormon stories. And, and what, so what about that guy with his chihuahua? You said everybody and their dog. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yo quiero church policy or yeah. something, I think so, is the name of that podcast. <laughs> somehow he tied it into Taco Bell. I don't know what the hell. That yeah, was, yeah. 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 Okay. It was, it was very uh, unique. Um, so here's our take on it really quickly from a timing point of view. You know, it's one of our goals uh, at Mormon Talk to make these things consumable. We literally could talk, as others have, for hours about this because there's a lot of meat here to discuss. And uh, we're not going to. Uh, again, you can take the spectrum of what's out there already. You've got things like uh, our buddy John DeLynn over at Mormon Stories, who I think published a four-parter panel discussion on this mm-hmm. that runs over five and a half hours. Uh, that's the longest one I've seen. Uh, all the way down to Jonathan Streeter, a.k.a. Thinker of Thoughts, YouTube um, episode, whatever, of uh, about 12 or 14 minutes. I like it. Me too, right? So we're going to land somewhere in the middle there. Uh, And I think that's that's enough in a way. You know, these, these issues aren't fully explored in that amount of time. But I think there's kind of a a key point or two that we're driving at here, not all the different things involved, which could really take us into hours of conversation. So So just backtracking. Yeah, just a stat. We're probably going to the same place on that first policy that I guess was not given as a, you know, over the pulpit, uh, found its way into the manual. I'd like to meet that guy anyway. Uh, Apparently, the number I saw was that 1,500 people left the church. That seems like a church doctored number to me. Mm, Yeah. Well, it could be the number of people who showed up at the church office building, right? Officially to say we're here to resign. And was assumed that they were leaving because of this policy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have some confusion well, that's another subject, but, you know, all of this about my my sons and daughters can't be baptized now because, you know, we're in a gay mm-hmm. relationship. Um, ah, you know, you know where I'm going. Why do you want them baptized in this thing anyway? But that's well, not right. where we're going today. So, no, that's not the main point. I mean, um, it probably helped to put a structure around this a little bit to just kind of recap a quick timeline here of the policy we're talking about. So November 5th, 2015, uh, what's that phrase? Remember that, remember the 5th of November, (laughs) something like that. (laughs) Ironic. Uh, the policy was put into the manual and, and, uh, around this time and, and the public found out about it. The very next day, November 6th of 2015, uh, Christofferson, Elder Christofferson, had an interview titled Church Provides Context on Handbook Changes Affecting Same-Sex Marriages. So already the response Mm -hmm. to the policy was uh, terrific, was very excited. Uh, And so... The very next day, the church said, hey, Christofferson, get over there. Your brother's gay. You're, you're kind of a friendly voice on this topic. 
let's let's give an interview and clarify this. So we'll talk about a couple things he said. And we're still kind of like, hey, this is a policy. You know, some people were kind of downplaying it. Uh, active members were like, don't get too excited. This is just a policy. There's a lot of policies in the manual. We're not saying that this is, quote unquote, revelation from God about like what he feels, you know, about these kids or these people uh, from a eternal you know, point of view. This is just a logistics, you know, uh, policy in the church, you know, like, uh, the, the time of sacrament meeting, you know, kind of a thing. And they were trying to downplay it. So hmm. later though, November 13, so a couple of weeks later, I guess, or a week later, there was a clarification letter about the policy issued from the church. And we'll talk about that. Why would you need a, a clarification on a policy like this? And, and what did they clarify? Then we had uh, you know, a couple-year span, well, not a couple-year span, two months. What am I saying a couple years? That comes later. <laughs> two months, and we still have this opportunity, I guess you'd call it, to, to, to say, well, this is a buzz. Guys, come on, put this in perspective. It's just a policy. Hmm. Then sure. uh, Russell Nelson, who's an apostle at the time, he's not the prophet yet. Monson's still the prophet in name. He's not really acting. He's suffering from mental disorders and, and so forth. Um, Nelson is in Hawaii, I'm sure just on business. I'm sure he had no vacation there. Um, and he's talking to the youth and he gives a talk called Becoming True Millennials. This is January 10th of 2016. So a couple months after the clarification letter and gone after his talk are any questions about whether this is actually something you would call a revelation. In fact, he's clear about it. And we'll, we'll say a couple things that he said there. Um, it's a revelation. It's a revelation that the apostles witnessed president Monson giving. Although I can't remember in the church anytime, maybe you can Dave, where, the prophet received what the you know what the everybody was calling a, re, a revelation, right? A big deal, knowledge from God, and somebody else stated it rather than the prophet themselves. There was one time, and and this goes back to a policy change uh, from eighteen fifty two. No, uh -huh. no blacks in the priesthood. One hundred twenty six. I can talk. One hundred twenty six years later. 1978, they're in the temple. Bruce R. McConkie is there with Spencer Kimball uh -huh. and speaks about the revelation. That, so Bruce talked about it first. I is that what you're I saying? think he I I think he did it after the announcement, but he was trying to you know summarize what happened. Yeah, just say, hey, look, this was real. I was there. I felt this is it. The process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's similar, right? So Nelson claims uh, in his talk that he he and the other apostles watched Monson get this confirmation, this revelation from God. Uh, Monson never says a thing about it. Next thing we know, he he's passed on, actually, um, which is interesting. And then, uh, what, three and a half years later, April 4th here, so uh, just a, couple, a few days ago as we record this episode, the policy was kind of reversed. Um. Thus the hokey pokey. And we'll talk about 
the implications a little bit more. In, and what, what do we mean? You know, why is this a big deal, right? It's just a, well, it's a revelation, remember, not just a policy. Um, and that's kind of the big point here. So just to kind of lay that groundwork, there's the quick timeline. And it also helps us frame our discussion in the podcast episode. In other words, we're not, it's, it's not really a focus on the whole LGBTQ point per se. It's more a focus on this whole policy process and revelation and changing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's more the point. Thus, the title of the podcast, the, the hokey pokey going on here. Um, yeah. So, Dave, anything to interject before I'm, I'm going to just go, I'm not going to discuss, I'm not going to read the whole policy and things, but I am going to talk about um, the major aspects of it as far as what was initially the policy and what has changed. Well, the, gonna, the yeah. biggest one that's included in this new revelation that mm-hmm. I think is possibly being overlooked is that not only now are these kids uh, of LGBT parents uh, able to be baptized, but the parents themselves are no longer considered apostates. Yes, that's, that's right. That's the wording. And that is significant right there. That That's, whoa. <laughs> that's no, a, you're right. at least as big of a change as the kids being able to be baptized. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I agree. The backlash from that revelation in 2015 was so possibly, well, the, wait a minute, they're prophets. They, they probably knew what was going to happen. Uh huh. Sure. I mean, the amount of suicides, the amount of exodus from the church, uh, and probably the greatest cost of all, and we'll talk a little about this, is the number of kids who ended their life as a result of these kind of policies. Yeah. Uh, tra- yeah. Tragic. Okay. It go, is. Go ahead. It is and was, and it still is. Um, no, I completely agree. Um, so, Look, this is all online, and like I said, tons of podcasts, YouTube uh, videos, newspaper articles. We're not going to read these policies verbatim. We'll read pieces or we'll summarize things because you guys have complete access to all this stuff, right? What we're doing is what we always do. Uh, Rarely are we throwing something out that's like, wow, I've never heard anything like this. It's like this new thing. Like we just landed on Mars and found life. It's more, here's Dave and my, you know, opinions on on this stuff and some things that we think are important points. And you can add that to whatever else you're listening to out there or watching, whatever, reading. Um, so again, in old hat probably for most listeners, the November 5th policy focused on the church's stance officially, the policy, right? Official policy on parents and children. So on the parent side, you have parents who uh, were living in a non-standard relationship, living in a non-standard, you know, the standard being a heterosexual man, woman, married, legally uh, relationship. And the policy for them was they're apostates. They're also apostates if they've ever done that. 
And even now, if they're not living in a mixed uh, sex marriage, they're, let's say they're living in a, a traditional heterosex marriage, but they never really properly repented, they never took care of that, or maybe they still support people doing that. They have friends that are doing it, they support it, they haven't, uh, what's the word, disavowed it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, any of those combinations, right? Past, present, future, they're still apostates in the true form of the word, because an apostate um, doesn't, you know, teaches things should be acceptable that are completely contrary to the doctrine of the church. Okay, that's one of the definitions of being an apostate. And so they're considered that in the policy. They're, they're called that called out on that. The children now is what the policy focuses on. And it says, along the again, obviously I'm paraphrasing and summarizing here. Basically, the kids of those parents who are any in, in any of those combinations that I just threw out there, those kids, whether they're living currently with that parent or not, this is key because it, it changes, you'll, you'll discover, um, living with them or not, they aren't allowed to be baptized when they're eight years old, to be confirmed after baptism, to receive the priesthood if they're a boy, etc., uh, etc. Et None of those things that the church does. Now, when they're 18, they can decide... All right, if I disavow, there's the word comes up again, very pejorative term. If I disavow the way my parents are living or have lived again in the past, even if they're not doing it now, I disavow a non-heterosexual marriage lifestyle. And I say, yeah, I want to be baptized now. Now, when I'm 18, I can be baptized. Mm -hmm. I can be confirmed. I can have all that stuff we talked about. I wanted, I could serve a mission. I'd probably have to wait a year that whole thing. Cause we all know this is in the scriptures, right? All these, all these processes. Um, it's not like men just made these up, right? I mean, it's all scriptural. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, that's, that's generally the policy. Well, people freak out. Why are you punishing the kids, you know, for something, their parents, this isn't LGBTQ kids. This is their parents. And so we're not going to get way into that because you could talk for a long period, right? About just that issue. Uh, Jesus saying, let the suffer the children to come unto me. Don't deny the children. Well, the way they come unto Jesus is they're baptized, right? So, so the parents deny that and the, the sin is on the heads of the parents. Well, now who is the sin on the heads of? It must be on the heads of the church because they're denying the kids. Well, why, why are we separating families? Because yeah, ultimately this family oriented church is separating families through policies like this and others, actually. Well, Dave, you're you're getting it wrong. They're protecting the children. Oh, I, I they're protecting I, them. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'm here to set you straight. Our, our real topic matter is going yeah. back to was that our second podcast? First titled is your God schizophrenic? You know, yeah. It, it, God is yeah. just changing his mind. And again, I'll just reiterate, in all cases, it appears it comes from acquiescing to some policy that the members aren't happy with. So what, I'm just going to cut to the chase here for me, and we'll, we'll talk some more about it. But the, the main thing the church wants is baptized members. 
once you're baptized, they own you, at least in their eyes, they do. And they get your fucking money. Yeah. And that's what they're interested in. So all of a sudden, we don't care what your parent sexual relation. We just need you on the rolls of the church. To me, that's the bottom line here. I I think that's a big part of it. I agree. Um, Let's quote some things to the timeline. Okay, so we talked about the original policy. The day after, I brought up the fact that that everyone's aware of. Elder Christofferson talks in this interview. Church provides context on handbook changes affecting same-sex marriages. So that's just a couple things from that interview. Okay, I'm not even going to come close to reading question, answer, question, answer, no. I but but here, I think these are interesting quotes. Elder D. Todd Chris, why do these guys always abbreviate their first <laughs> first initial? Really? Is their first name that bad? Is his no, name it, like it, it, it's that holy? You yeah, know, God's name couldn't be spoken anciently, right. and so they're D. going after that. Yeah. Well, and I could have easily researched this, right? What's the well, D in D. Todd Doofus? It, it's doofus. It dumb shit, you know, uh, <laughs> or something embarrassing like dangle or or <laughs> dongle. You know. Uh, now we're just being mean, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, wh- why would you, abri- anyway, whatever, here, here it is. So this is, I'm going to just take tidbits. These are like in the middle of sentences and things, but I'm not misquoting. I'm quoting pieces that I think are relevant. So he says at one point, this is about family. This is about love and especially the love of the savior and how he wants people to be helped and fed and lifted. And that's the whole motivation that underlies our effort. Okay, hang on to that one later on. So it's a matter of being clear. It's a matter of understanding right and wrong. It's a matter of a firm policy that doesn't allow for question or doubt. Okay, we would agree. It's pretty, it was pretty firm, pretty black and white. This one really gets me. Check this out. That was the Savior's pattern. He always was firm in what was right and wrong. Here's, here's my favorite part. He never excused or winked at sin. He never redefined it. And here's the money quote. He never changed his mind. Okay. <laughs> There's the money quote. That's a different Jesus. He Come never on. changed his mind. So I'm already done with wow. Christofferson, right? I'm not going to read much, anything else in this interview, but these are, he was out there to clarify. This is the policy, right? This is why we did it. This was the reasoning behind it. And look, let's not, this came from the savior. Okay. We're representing him. We're showing his love. He never quibbled. He never changed his mind. Funny he would use that term, change his mind. Um, so a week later, the church is dealing with a lot of this uh, whiplash, whatever term you want to use, of the policy already, right? It's hitting the fan. And so they publish a letter on the 13th of November. Uh, it's a clarification letter. Okay. Dear brothers and sisters, Council of the First Presidents, Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, I'm going to read kind of quickly here. Hopefully I don't give you guys whiplash. Uh, provides the following guidance in applying provisions on same-gender marriage recently. Okay. Revealed doctrine is clear that families are eternal in nature and purpose. We are obligated to act with that perspective for the welfare of both adults and children. The newly added handbook provisions affirm that adults who choose to enter into same-gender marriage or similar relationship commit sin that warrants a church disciplinary council. Okay, great. 
Our concern with respect to children and their current future well-being and the harmony of their home environment. Blah, blah, blah. Restrict parent minors. Okay, and then that, here's the clarification. The provisions of Handbook 1, restrict priesthood ordinances for minors, apply only to those children whose primary residence is with a couple living in a same-gender marriage or similar relationship. That's the clarification. So, look, uh, mm. okay, we before it was kind of broad. We took a shotgun to this. Now we're going to use a, a rifle, and this is what we're really— Okay, you have to be in the same residence at this time with one or more parent who's living in that manner in that residence. Oh, okay, so now we're changing it to primary residence. So it doesn't matter if my dad and my mom got married, they had me— my dad came out years later as gay, which this happens all the time in the church, by the way. There's literally thousands of these cases. Um, he goes off and let's say he's cohabitating with a man now in a, in a gay relationship. As long as my primary residence is with my mom, she's still hetero, and maybe she's remarried or, or maybe she, you know, whatever's going on whether she's remarried or not, since my dad is not my primary residence, say my mom has custody, for example, um, that's what's, what's clarified here. Okay. All right. So mm. they're, they're backing it off a little bit. And so that's all I'm going to share on that one. Incidentally, as I'm sharing these, Dave, if anything strikes you and you want to, you know, just interrupt me, you know how I can get going. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and I, that's why I already jumped yeah, yeah. in there. With, with the main thing that I wanted to share today, it, it, uh, we, we talked earlier, all the policies and the, the temple ordinances, the priesthood, everything, small or large, however you want to quantify it, uh, it, has come as a result of pressure from the members. We don't want to lose the members. We're going to have to adjust things. This is radical because it happened in such a short period Very of time, fast. not 126 yeah. years. Three and a half fucking oh, yeah. years. Not even 10 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Crazy. wow. No, I'm okay. with you. I, I think that's a key point. Um, that is the key point, I think, of, of this whole conversation. This is the last snippet I'm going to read to you guys. This one is going to be verbatim because it's it's important to, I think, reveal it or reveal it. Hey, well, <laughs> that's what he thinks it is. <laughs> so this is Nelson's talk. Okay, so remember, January 10th, then... A couple months later, after the clarification letter, the shit is still hitting the fan. By this time, uh, dozens of, of young uh, members who are LGBT uh, have killed themselves. Uh, and the main, mm -hmm. the main cause, although many of these people certainly went through years of hardship anyway because of their lifestyle, the main cause in, in these suicides is pointed uh, to as being this policy. Okay. Um, and so now mm -hmm. Nelson is tied again. He's not prophet yet. He's the senior apostle at this time. Monson is basically out of it. So Nelson might as well be the acting. He's the acting president, right? At this point. Um, so here's what he says in this talk. And again, this talk is uh, becoming true millennials. He's talking to, to younger members over in Hawaii. Here it is. We sustain 15 men who are ordained as prophets, seers, and revelators. I love that. <laughs> when a thorny problem arises, and they only seem to get thornier, thornier each day, 
these 15 men <laughs> wrestle with the issue, trying to see all the ramifications of various courses of action. And they diligently seek to hear the voice of the Lord. The first thing I'm going to just, and I am going to interject a couple times here, and I welcome your thoughts too, Dave. I, I will get through this quote, but I have to interject there wrestle. for a minute. If you are one of the, let's just hurry and put this in perspective again really fast, because I think perspective is easily lost, especially when talking to committed members, right? They just, they don't include it. What I mean by this, in this particular situation, there's only 15 men in the entire world who have the privilege of talking directly with God or his son, okay? They have this special calling. They're special witnesses of Christ, as they like to use that term often. And so they have this special relationship. They are the only people in the world who can talk to God and hear his voice, talk to him face to face, and get this instruction directly with him. But, you know, God's still going to keep it tough on these guys. He's not going to just talk to them easily. They have to wrestle with these issues, mm-hmm. they have to diligently seek to hear his voice. It's not enough to have this calling where you get to talk directly. With, you know, I'm not going to make it easy on you. Even though you have, you're an apostle and there's only 15 of you in the whole world. Fuck you. I mean, you still got to, mm-hmm. oh, you're not groveling enough. Nah, I'm not going to give my, I'm not going to give my mind and will to you today. You need to struggle a little more. What is that all about? wrestling reminds me of jacob wrestling with the yeah, angel wh- why you've got you're the fucking prophet you're a seer you're a rebel why do you have to why do you still have to wrestle for god to give his word to you what is that all about whatever well in the way they're yeah. describing it is is that it's on yeah. their side like hey we don't just do this stuff flippantly we really think about it no. there's no thought no. involved no, in revelation isn't. that that's god two different processes you. He tells you what his will is. Where's the wrestle in that? Okay, anyway. After fasting, praying, studying, pondering, and counseling with my brethren about weighty matters, it is not unusual for me to be awakened during the night. There's that Nelson awake in the night thing again that he still talks about as a prophet. <laughs> with uh, with urinary that's issues. Nice. Sorry, that's a different phrase. Sorry. Uh Uh, during the night with further impressions about issues with which we are concerned. And my brethren have the same experience. So he's including all 15 in this. Okay. Now here it is. The first presidency and quorum of the 12 apostles counsel together and share all the Lord has directed us to understand and to feel individually and collectively. And then we watch the Lord move upon the president of the church to proclaim the Lord's will. Now, he doesn't say what that looks like. What does it look like when the Lord moves upon the president? Does he get this? his eyebrows raised and everybody's watching him around the table? And I'll say, ah, I got it. God just, ta- I, what does that process look like? We're not told, but they, they evidently know how to recognize this. Okay. Anyway, last paragraph. Mm-hmm. This prophetic process was followed in 2012 with the change in minimum age for missionaries, okay? And again, with the recent additions to the church's handbook, consequent to the legalization of same-sex marriage in some countries. Okay, I got to interject there again. 
So he's talking about the 2015 policy now. He's like, look, we followed this back when we changed, when we did stuff like we changed the missionary age. We prayed, blah, blah, blah. We, and then together we received God's will. And we watched the prophet get God's will after we all prayed about it. Okay, that's great. Why do you all have to pray about it for the prophet to get it? That's a whole nother conversation. Well, I guess, but yeah. whatever. Um, and, and so look, <laughs> he admits here, the policy is consequent to the legalization of same-sex marriage. Guys, that's why they came out with the policy. The church was pissed off. The Supreme Court yeah. had just overruled all the efforts that the church had spent millions of dollars on through many different states in the U.S., to fight against propositions to legalize marriage. It's over with. No more fighting. Mm -hmm. the, the Supreme Court legalized it. You guys lost. Well, shit. Then we'll punish people with a policy. Motherfuckers. You know? I mean, that's what this is. And they look, let's not yeah. let's not mistake this. Yeah. They don't care about same-sex marriage in some country. They didn't they didn't come out with a policy. When all these other countries were legalizing it, guys, before America, did they not care about the saints in those other countries? They waited till it happened here. Why is that? Because this yeah. is where the church office is, and I'll be damned if I'm going to let the world tell the United States how to deal with marriage. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> really? Okay. We're back to it. Sorry, I'm, I'm digressing a lot here. Okay, um, here we go. Filled with compassion for all, and especially for the children. Can you hear that telltale lilting that the guys use when they're yeah, in conference? Yeah. I know we're almost again yeah. crawling up and crawling up into yeah, Jesus' I lap. I want to hear about and... Jesus' lap again. Filled with compassion for all, and especially for the children, we wrestled. There's that word again. We wrestled at length to understand the Lord's will in this matter because he sure the hell wasn't going to just tell us. Okay. We're only the apostles, by the way, you know, so he, we had to wrestle ever mindful of God's plan of salvation and of his hope for eternal life for each of his children. This is, this gets great guys. Listen, we considered countless permutations and combinations of possible scenarios that could arise. We considered countless permutations and combinations of scenarios. Okay. Does that mm. sound like that would require clarification after you were done? That doesn't sound like the mind of an omniscient Well, no, it doesn't. God. And it doesn't sound like once you're through this, this is an arduous process, right? Once you're done, you're done. You've considered all of it already, right? I'm, I'm reading this correctly, right? Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. He considered all of this. Well, they did, right? And Nelson's not just talking for himself. We considered all these permutations. Any, any possibility of a different, well, what if we stated the policy this way or that way? They considered all that. It's done. We considered all of it, guys. That tells me once you're done with this process, which we're not, we're almost done here reading his quote. You will never have to clarify it again. You've already entertained all of the combinations. I'm not misreading that, right? Mm. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Okay. We met repeatedly in the temple in fasting and prayer and sought further direction and inspiration. And then 
when the Lord inspired his prophet, President Thomas S. Monson, to declare the mind of the Lord and the will of the Lord, each of us during that sacred moment felt a spiritual confirmation. It was our privilege as apostles to sustain what had been revealed to President Monson. Revelation from the Lord to his servants is a sacred process, and so is your privilege of receiving personal revelation. That's it. No more controversy. This is not just a policy or a rule in a book. This was a revelation, guys, and not just a flippant, possibly easily misunderstood, needs to be clarified. This is... All of that was already considered. And this is the revelation, clear as day. Until three and a half years well, later. Well, and it had a, w- a week later when they what? had to send out what? a clarification letter, right? Uh, we, oh, oh, we, we meant you had to be living there. Oh, God didn't clarify that for you up front? Okay. Yeah, well, you know, he's like that. He likes uh-huh. to tease you a little. Um, it didn't fast. Well, you know, it's like when Joseph told the guys to go sell the copyright to the Book of Mormon in Canada, right? And they failed and they came back. (laughs) I was just testing you, you schmucks. Come on, think God would sell the copyright to his holy book? Come on, (laughs) you failed because you went, went, you dumb shit. I was testing you the whole time, yeah. And then he mumbles to himself as he turns away, damn it, I needed that copyright money. Um, it's all okay. Money. So three and a half years later, God changed his mind, and he decided that all the permutations weren't considered. <laughs> and you guys know how yeah. it changed. You, you, I'm sure you've already heard it, right? The basic thing is, uh, and Dave mentioned this earlier. No longer are the parents in any of those situations that we already described considered apostates. It's still a sin. It's a grievous sin, but they're not, boom, apostate, Mm -hmm. right? Meaning automatic excommunication. They're just sinning, okay? Um, And, uh, well, you know, we take it back. The kids can get baptized and confirmed and receive priesthood ordinances. What? Say what? Whoops. Yeah, it's, I know that's a radical idea. I mean, the, the, the reversal is, is severe. It's in your face, but I have to go back to not only the suicides that took place, the number of people that left the church, but the amount of people that are leaving the church outside of this group. And the church, I think they're freaking out and they are going to retain members and baptize new members at any cost, even if God has to change his Mm -hmm. mind. I'm sorry. We hope you're okay with that. Well, you know, we figured out that we didn't wrestle quite long enough. Uh, There was another drop of sweat that Nelson had to excrete from his crotch area before he felt like he had strained enough for God to, you know, bless him by actually giving him his real word. 
because three and a half years ago, that was just kind of, you know, it's almost the whole policy. Um, Guys. Yeah. Well, they just, they just gave us this one. Like you said at the beginning of the podcast, it's like, Hey, you want some fodder for your next podcast? Yeah. We'll we'll give you this. It's like, wow. Really? Thanks. (laughs) I mean, I don't need any convincing. I don't, at this point, almost nothing would surprise me. Seriously. If they're going to stoop that low, and then here, here's the thing that I'm interested in is how, how many apologetics are going to be engaged. And conference was yesterday and today. And by the way, I've got to hurry to get ready for priesthood. <laughs> but uh, uh, how many of those talks? And like you said earlier, probably none of them. You're going to have to go digging for answers to this fucking schizophrenic nonsense. Well, um, I'm already seeing apologetics all over the web, right? Of course, on this. And and people, yeah. um, what apologetics generally does is it focuses on the periphery issues. Again, it'll focus, it'll pick a piece apart out of the whole and say, well, well, this piece, blah, blah. And not only is the argument usually circular logic and bullshit, it's not the point. The point is the grander whole, right? The point is why in the hell is God changing his mind in three and a half years? And this is not a quibble, guys. This is a total reversal. Okay, I can understand if it was left at, no, we're not going to call your parents apostates. Okay, even though that's God changing his mind still. Okay, but the policy itself of children not getting baptized and, and all the other priesthood ordinances until they're 18, um, you know, that's, that's, God is schizophrenic, right? There's no apologetic response to that. What? No. Well, it was a test for, oh, it was there... a test so that dozens of people could kill themselves? You fucking moron. You think that's a test? The church has been engaged in apologetics since Joseph first told Emma, oh, I'm sorry about Fanny. Oh, wait, she never knew about Fanny. Uh, whatever the first <laughs> apology was, they're good at it. So they're, uh, there's already responses on the web from these happy-ass, sunshine-sucking yeah, yeah. Mormon people who are saying, oh, see, it just shows what does how that mean? the church really is. It's what do you mean? This isn't just policy. So then they're ignoring. Okay, that would be great. You could almost say that if if the way that it was presented. Okay, so Nelson kind of screwed up. Okay, just take that stance for just a second. You could almost (laughs) use that excuse, and I could almost grudgingly, right, kind of nod my head. Okay, you got a point. You know, if it was just a policy, that's where they screwed themselves. Nelson nipped that. He said, this isn't just a policy. This was a revelation. And he further clarified, right, as we just went over, it was a specific revelation. All the little permutations were considered. Well, should they have to live in the home? Should they not have to live in the home? Are we talking about one or both parents? I mean, all the different combinations, according to him, were considered, right? And then God gave President Monson, who was on medicine in the hospital bed, hook up to an IV, slobbering all over himself probably at that point. 
he gave him a revelation. I guess they wheeled the hospital bed into the into the temple so that he could be there with the other 14. Um, you know, sure. Oh, so yeah. he he actually damned the church himself because he he said all that, right? He left no room to come back later. Well, it just shows how the church is being open. No, that would be a policy change, not a revelation change. Right? Mm, yeah, that's where he's got to be. I don't know what mental faculty he has left, but he's got to be just shitting himself thinking, man, what did I do? Or maybe not. Know. Maybe he just know. doesn't care, you know, but he should be yeah. backpedaling yeah. like a bitch halfway well, to and, China and, by uh, now. And Oaks does, and the, they're going to have to the announcement, right? Rather than Nelson. Uh, may, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's part of a lame safe face maneuver. Uh, whatever. Probably shouldn't look too much into that, but, uh, Oaks is the one who who said, "Oh, we're changing it." Okay, um, I imagine you went through the same process as last time that Nelson described. So you've been fasting and praying for days and days, and and then this time you saw Nelson receive the revelation, mm-hmm. and so you're telling the world about it, like he told about Monson. Um, can you imagine a God that that <laughs> a loving God that the Mormon church likes to describe, right? A, a very to the Christian motif, right? Very loving and of his children and so forth. Um, I'll just let this policy hang out for three and a half years until enough people kill themselves. And then I'll clarify, well, the kids can be baptized after all. Nice. Suckers. <laughs> you know, what? what is that? Sorry about all you guys, you what know. What is that? There's... Yeah, There's no apologetics manipulation. for that. Manipulation. I'm, I'm, what do you even say to that? No. Well, here's what I see on these forums. The best they can do now with something so gross as this is they, they can say things like, well, we don't understand how, you just don't understand how God works. You know, you're just not understanding the spirit. What, what does that even mean in this case? I, does that really satisfy anything? Yeah. I'm getting kind of negative in this episode. I'm usually more happy-go-lucky, you know. Guys, we're talking about people's people dying over this shit. These are real people, and I have yet to meet another group of people who were possessed of so much unconditional love as the LGBT group that I was attending yeah. For months, actually. And I, I'll i just finish with, and if you don't know where I'm coming from, you may not get this. All that there really is, is love. Unconditional love. Everything else is an illusion. And I can talk about that on another website, probably, because that's a different subject. But... <sighs> What happened to God's love and concern about his children? Yeah. Big whoops, whoops. right? Like, and, and, and again, an apologetic retort would focus on one or two facets, and they would forget the overwhelming, you know, the, the umbrella, if you will, to use that term, the, the umbrella philosophies that are also part of the religion, right? Those are regularly forgotten 
when we focus on little teeny facets mm-hmm. and say, well, this is this. So an umbrella philosophy or an umbrella doctrine here, again, that's very pertinent to this, God is omniscient. There is no question about that in the Mormon faith. He sees the past, present, and future. So God being omniscient knew these people would kill themselves over this policy, didn't give a fuck, because he's God anyway, because, you know, you don't see it happen. You don't see the fact that them dying was really a blessing or some shit like that, right? And then he just, well, I'm going to tell my servants that they can go ahead and let these kids be baptized. I think I understand. It probably was the Old Testament God that did this. And then the New Testament oh, God right. is the one Those that changed his mind. guys have been at it for years. The, yeah. The guy that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, they sent him in and wiped out entire civilizations, killing all the children, even the flocks. Oh, it was right. That guy. So when we say That's like good it. cop, bad cop, there's literally two gods. There's good God, bad God. This was bad God. He yeah. had, oh, wow. That's it, Dave. Yep. And they both have <laughs> multiple personalities. Because they're they're God, they so can bad do whatever God grabbed they want. the microphone. He you drugged know? good God's wine for a minute. Good yeah. God fell asleep. Bad God grabbed the microphone. He's like, oh, you, "I'm gonna have fun with you, fuckers." He gives this to Nelson and Monson, right, and all these guys. Ha, ha. And then Good God wakes up three and a half later and goes, "What did you do?" Yeah. And he grabs the microphone. I see. Okay, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's Enki and Enlil. <laughs> For all you Anunnaki fans, this, oh, this, man. whatever, oh. I'm not going to go down that road. But so, man, I we're know. knocking we on an hour. What the hell? Link. Wait, uh, yeah, do I hear snoring? Probably. Hang on. It's funny because no, at the that, beginning, I'm yeah. all like, yeah, we're not going to go I as long not. as all these other people. Well, we went double length this time. I'm sorry, guys. Look, important topic. We have yet to see the beginnings of this, right? Like important. Dave and I said, I mean, conferences happen while we speak. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to mention it. I wouldn't blame them if, or wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. But I, yeah, I I would not be surprised at all. Uh, But in the coming days, weeks, and months, uh, it'll be interesting to see them grasping at straws and and you know the next things. What what is it going to be? It's okay to drink coffee since you know the LDS uh, community is so out of their mind on sugar. And caffeine-filled sodas and energy drinks, the the coffee will probably be a letdown. Any anyway, no, I'm serious. I mean, we can't have anything. We can't have any policy that keeps them out of the church, because I just looked at the stock market report. Man, we're losing our ass. No, I think you're I'm right. I'm sorry brother. to keep going back no, to money, but that's right, what I'm. I mean, it's a I'm corporation after all. That's and when auditors, uh, when your internal auditors come yeah, to you and say, "Guys, I hate to tell you this, we're losing a lot of money here." Uh, shit, what do we got to do? You know, yeah. let's eat crow. And this is eating crow. I mean, don't get this wrong. This is really eating crow. And ironically, here's and, and I'll end with this thought. Right? Ironically. Remember when the essays came out? We're definitely going to talk about those at some point. The essays come out on LDS.org, as they're affectionately called, the gospel essays. There's 13 or 14 of them, whatever. And the church ironically published those in an effort to say, see, we are transparent about these, you know, iffy issues, right? (laughs) 
Well, the irony is many, many, many people in the church didn't have a clue still, even though all the information has been out there for a while, they didn't have a clue about the, the details, you know, that they described in these essays. So ironically, they hear about it somehow because, hey, you know, go figure. The church didn't announce the existence of the essays because they didn't want people to actually go read them. Uh, but they find out, you know, from some friend, or, hey, have you seen these essays? They go read them and they're like, holy shit, I never knew that. And they leave the church. That was the irony <laughs> is that. Uh, yeah, that there's thousands, thousands. And now they're buried so deep. I ha- I think you have to go in four or five levels deep into LDS, yeah. LDS.org. To- I wonder if they'll take them off at some point, right? Uh, but I brought that up because this is similar, right? I don't doubt that this is similar. Just like the church lost thousands of people, not just those 1,500 that showed up publicly, okay? Thousands of people resigned from the church over this policy back in 2015. How many will ironically resign now who maybe didn't back then, right? Because now they're like, wait a minute, I don't believe in a God that changes his mind. And ironically, it pushes them out. I was thinking of that earlier. I'm thinking about some of these old crones. I I was in three different high priest groups in three different wards, and I was thinking about some of the guys that I knew then, whatever, that would look at this policy change and think, wow, I I can't support this. And so the bishops in your average ward, I think might be really busy. Er, Damage control. Yeah. Trying to, (laughs) yeah, it, the same as the temple workers in 90, when they Mm -hmm. made the uh, changes in the temple, I'm sitting in a room of, like 15 of us and these guys mostly older of course are just this blank stare yeah. like yeah. what the fuck just shocked. happened i remember that period yeah vividly <laughs> yeah. um that's the irony right yeah. is wow we got to change so. this to keep members or maybe hopefully to bring some members back who had a problem with it and then some members leave because of it it's like you can't win right which it's kind of nice, actually, No, uh, for the church not to win. But uh, it's ironic. You know, it's it's interesting. We'll see how this unveils, guys. Or un, un, Well, it's already unveiled. We'll see how it develops over time here. And uh, appreciate you sticking with us for a mm-hmm. double-length episode. And, you know, come on over. Register register at mormontalk.org. We'd love to, to uh, have some conversation there. We set it up so that after every episode... You can make comments and we can have a conversation there if you want about some of these topics. There's no way we can talk about everything in the podcasts, but it's fun sometimes to uh, to chat about it online. So, Mel, thanks for yeah. uh, hanging with us. I got to go polish my seerstone. And then my damn, yeah. my mongoose slept in my hat last night. So I've got to clean out my hat. <laughs> this This is a lot of wrestling that goes on to get revelation. Come on. It is. It is. Right, you know, you uh, I don't know about you. I, I use rechargeable triple A's in my searstone now. Um, Damn it. Cause that's... I was just, I was burning through them. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Get yeah. some rechargeables. Yeah. Keep, keep your eye on the dollar. That's it. <laughs> it's better for the environment <laughs> anyway. Love you, bro. Right. Love you people. Take care guys. Peace out.